GamesOMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim, and with me, remotely, producers The Deadite Knight and Player One Miggy. How's it going, everybody? I have I have information anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. I've spent the last 72 hours trying to learn as much as humanly possible about these game systems, and I feel like my brain's going to explode. I'm expecting a lot of good hard facts from you this episode, then. Well, actually, the stress turned me to hard drugs, so... <laughs> I'm expecting one hell of a show out of you, then. <laughs> oh, wow. Player One, Mickey, how are you doing, buddy? I, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So glad, so glad we got this done in the first take. It's amazing. It's, it's always the first show. take. We never mess first up. Take, you know, never, never, never. Yep. We're, it's the quality. We're, we're professionals. Okay, yeah, there's a term for it. You can expect the cream of the crop from Gamezilla. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to episode 335 of the Gamezilla podcast. A very special episode. Uh, normally, we like to cover the industry and go around the uh, around talking about news and everything that's going on in the gaming world. Today is a focus show. We're going to be focusing on a big week ahead of us, and that is the Xbox Series X, and the PS Five are both dropping this week, and we have a lot to talk about. So we are going to uh, kind of have a a customized show for you. And we're pretty excited. Like like Deadite said, there's been a lot of articles read, a lot of videos watched, a lot of phone searching done while we poop. And, uh, you know, I think we're ready to put together a pretty good show to tell you. May- maybe give you, if you're on the fence, if you're, if you're not sure what something means, if you don't think this is next gen, then, you know, maybe by the end of this uh, episode, we'll help either confirm your thoughts or change your mind. We'll see. That I, why don't you remind people why we can do these, these crazy things that we do, like spend all day when we're supposed to work, but we don't really work. Instead, we read articles about video game systems all day. You can't, you can't work when you spend all day on the toilet for anxiety poops, uh, reading articles <laughs> <laughs> that give you more anxiety. Um, Y'all think we're kidding. It's real. It is. It is. You can help support GameZilla and hopefully curb my anxiety dumps by supporting <laughs> us at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If I'm worried about the bills getting paid at GameZilla, more stress pooping. Just saying. You can start your patronage as low as just $1 per month. I'll get you exclusive access to some, some special benefits, but the real goodness comes in at the $5 per month. We call that the exclusive access level that's where you're going to have access to podcasts from every show on the games of the media network that aren't available on spotify that aren't available on apple podcasts wherever you get your podcast they're only on our patreon uh and that includes muster bust our monthly video game preview we give you from gamezilla and then there's uh behind the dm screen if you like uh our dungeons and dragons 
cast noobs and dragons uh, if you like legend of retro they have game shark it doesn't matter what show you like on the games of media network you're getting a bonus show and they're they're a ton of fun just a, usually a little bit of a change of pace what you get for the regular weekly show and it's available just five dollars per month for you at patreon.com slash games media and your support means a lot to us so thank you to all of our patrons yep thanks guys we really appreciate it uh, just a reminder before we get into this show, if you are watching us live on twitch.tv slash Media every Monday night we are here doing the show. Obviously, you can catch the VODs uh, here on Twitch, but you can also watch all these videos on YouTube. So please go hit that subscribe button and, uh, and like and watch those videos for us. It helps us out a ton. And then if you want to listen to us, that I already kind of explained it some, but you can check us out on all major podcast outlets. Just search Gamezilla Media. You'll find everything that we do. True. Um, <clears throat> okay. So. That is a, it's a foxy mug you got there, buddy. Thank you. It's very cute. It's a very cute mug. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. I feel like it belongs to someone else, though. <laughs> Might be my wife's mug. I don't know, but here I, here I am drinking out of it. It's the largest mug I have, which means I can fit the most tea in one drinking session in it. All right. Well, good. And that's been the episode, guys. What do you think of Next Gen Mugs? Um, tea review. <laughs> tea review. So we have uh, we have a lot to, to get into. We're call, we got the, our Next Gen preview is what we're calling it. So, Miggy. Give us something special. Without further ado, here's Next Gen. The future is now. Oh. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyways. Am I bring the THX sound? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that, you know, this is an audio podcast. We could have prepared something like that. But in my brain, that's what it sounded like. And it was super cool. It was really cool in my brain yeah. just now. Yeah, yeah. So everybody that's listening that didn't didn't feel it that was that cool, rewind it 15 seconds now, listen to it again, think about what that I just said and realize that it is really cool. All right. Use your um, imagination. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start off with the hardware that we know. Uh, let's get into it. We have, we're going to start on the Microsoft side. We have the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series X. Um, coming out, just an amazing naming convention that's not going to confuse anyone ever in this world. But, you know, um, Microsoft can do no wrong, right? So <laughs> the hardware is, we, we've known what, we've known the specs, we know, we've known a lot of this stuff, but we did get the, the embargo um, lifted on a lot of things where people that had the system were able to start ripping it apart, showing it on video, talking about, the things they like, the things they don't like, and, and all that fun stuff. So, um, but the one thing that between, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time between the X and the S, but the one thing that did get brought up was a lot of people originally thought the S was going to be that go-to machine for non-4K gamers. And they were very, they were thinking for that 1440p, that 1080p type gamer, if you're going to be playing on a monitor or an older TV or something like that, um, that this system was going to be just your your instant go to, and uh, some of the uh, some of the videos and articles we've read just last couple of days have been starting to kind of they've shifted a little bit where they're starting to think maybe you just buy the X instead. 
um, mainly, mainly because of the sto you know, storage restraints and and overall just future proofing yourself. But the the, the S isn't necessarily bad. It's just um, I think I think when people got their hands on it and started to play it, they just they realized that, and this is gonna be that question that kind of floats around the entire night: Does this feel next gen? Is this really next gen? Does this warrant me? spending more money when i already have an xbox and that, i think that was a lot of times what what we saw when people were talking about the s so um i'm gonna that that's the one thing i'm gonna point out between these two systems i'm gonna pass it over to deadite and see what if he's you know he's he's the one that read the most articles and he and he doesn't read Ever. I honestly don't know how I had to have people read them to me and yeah. I try to gain as much knowledge as I can. So I'm going to pass it to you uh, next. So, I want to hear your thoughts. So, so the, the differences that we know between the X and the S besides the obvious, uh, you know, physical size difference, the S box series X is the smallest Xbox ever released. It is a digital only system. So there is no, um, ultra HD Blu-ray drive or whatever, 4K Blu-ray drive. There's no disc drive in it. So you're only playing on Game Pass. You're only downloading things off the Xbox uh, game store. The storage is uh, based half. So in the Series X, you have a terabyte. Um, and again, that is before the operating system and, and what the system actually needs to run. Uh, and then on the Series S, it's only coming in at 500 gigs, which... Again, if you own a current generation system or, you know, like me, the the base PlayStation 4, you realize 500 gigs isn't a lot even for a system that old. That was, la that is, you know, last gen. So, you know, it, it is concerning. I know, you know, we're going to keep talking about that as we go in. Now, this is the part, biggest part where the two differ, in my opinion. The CPU, Grim, correct me if I'm wrong on this, is the same between the two systems. The GPU is where the Series S loses some of its performance capabilities. Well, the CPU is the same, but it is clocked slightly lower than the X2. Mm -hmm. so there is, there is okay. a clock difference, but it is the same CPU. And then, yes, the GPU is obviously the difference, which is why you're not, mm -hmm. getting, you're not getting the 4K um, content. Mm -hmm. So at the $300 price for the S and the $500 price point for the X, what you get in the S is you get next generation features without paying realistically next generation prices. You get some of the other stuff we're going to talk about here that are features of the Xbox series systems. Um, just at a, you know, you, you, you're making compromises when it comes to storage and the actual power of the system and a disk drive. Yeah, and uh, and it was mentioned in the um, in the stream here on Twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media that the RAM too. There's a RAM difference as well. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> but um, it, it makes sense as a secondary system. I think it's not. Um, you know, I think where people thought, oh well, I'm not into 4K. I'm not worried about that. I, you know, those people thought that yes was still an answer to the primary is difficult because i mean when you're talking about the price cut everyone's like yeah 300 bucks it's like right but no optical drive no blu-ray drive no right so there's like that's gone then half storage 
that's you know that's gone the only way to increase the 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 this is the problem right currently and i know this will get better but currently the only way to increase the storage on the xbox series s or x for the enhanced version of games is the proprietary memory stick that you have to buy which right now you can only buy one for $220 that adds one terabyte. So the S is in that boat right now as it sits to only have 1.5. The X could be max of two right now. And so there, there is that concept of, well, yeah, I can use external storage and I'm, for archiving and also for running um, older games that, that don't need the enhancement of the series uh, systems. But... It is still a limitation, and it is a more of a limitation on the S. So until we start seeing two, three terabyte sticks that can go into that proprietary um, port, you know, there, it's going to always have a bigger limitation than, than the other system. And so when you start adding all that up and you talk about $200 difference, it starts to really weigh on you of like, well, maybe I should just future-proof myself and buy an X. So... But we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I have some thoughts. I think, uh, you know, I'll save them for the wrap up when we're talking about the you know, where we think these systems are going and, and our final thoughts on it um, when it comes to the differences between the S and the X. And I think I know who the S is for, um, yep. but I'll, I'll save that for then. A little, little bit of a tease. Let's talk about some of the features that are next generation that are coming with these new pieces of hardware from Microsoft. Yeah, let me make one comment here, though. Merciless in saying you can always swap sticks. If I have to swap memory sticks on my my stationary Xbox in 2020, like, I'm, it's, I'm over. Just give me a PC. I'm done. Like, I should not have to I'll be like, hold on. Let me get stick two because stick two are my sports games and stick three is where my RPGs live. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm also not buying multiple sticks at $220 a pop. So, um, no thank you. I'll just uninstall your game. And unless I loved it, I just won't reinstall it. So, gameplay, replay value just drops on games. Big time. So, um, yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you take it away with the, the, first, the first piece you want to talk about on the, the tech side of these systems? Sure. So, um the Xbox series systems come with a, the, the growing library of backwards compatibility that have been available on the Xbox one, uh, you know, dating all the way back to some original Xbox games. Now, again, it's not every game is compatible, but Microsoft continue to build those libraries and it's been cool to see. Now, one of the things that's going to be a feature available on the series systems is you are getting an auto HDR mode added to those backwards compatible games. So you're going to see those colors pop. You're going to see richer and more definitive coloring on older games, you know, giving a, a new breath of life into stuff that's even just current Xbox One generation games. They're going to look better on top of, you know, performance improvements, but visually the colors, um, it's, it's going to be a more visually appealing experience on the Xbox series systems. And I think that's something that's cool that I don't think I've heard mentioned from Sony. I know we're not diving too far that way yet, but I don't think I've heard anything about auto HDR. So that's something that I find is a uh, exciting from Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks, you know, it's a cool idea. I think Microsoft's just, just 
ecosystem of how they've managed to keep the backwards compatibility all the way to the original working has allowed them to build an auto HDR and, and continue down the road to build even other um, enhancing mechanisms that can be kind of blanketed across their games easier. But it's a cool feature, and we've started. We've already been seeing some of these patches, uh, even in the early testing, that they've already been released. So um, people are talking about how much better uh, some of these games are looking on the Series X. Um, on top of, I mean, we already know the loading times on the Series X is uh, very impressive. So the yeah, um, yeah the. the that's that looks really cool um we saw we saw some of like old halo we saw some um what was the other thing that i was watching it was an xbox original game that i was pretty pretty surprised at uh, how it looked so either way it's cool you know i mean it's, it's a good thing to to see for those people that want to go play uh their backlog so the net the, yeah, it's, it, oh go ahead it's nice that we're seeing a tangible description of, of a way things are going to be improved. Cause again, we're going to talk about software wise later on with the Xbox might be a concern here this week of what, what to play. So it is good that leading up to it, Microsoft saying, Hey, this is a, a definitive way that your software will look better on Xbox series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next piece we want to talk about is I- I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the I'm gonna skip I'm gonna go to quick resume. So quick yeah, resume. Yeah, I think we had those out of order. Yeah, quick resume is something that I that I um did watch a lot of content on today and and was has been seeing and it is something unique to the Xbox that Sony hasn't fully really um not fully Sony doesn't really have an answer to this they they have something kind of like it but not in the sense that they allow part of the hard drive to actually cache games up to around five games, depending on the games you select and how much space they require. So there's a percentage of your storage that is allocated to be able to cache these games so that you can skip or or sorry, not skip. You can jump from one game to another and just pick up right where you left off and then go back. Um, It looks really cool. We've seen it in action. It's really fast. It's, it's impressive. The downside is that they've we've already been seeing, and maybe this will get corrected with some updates, but we've already been seeing games that aren't supported by it. So you know, games like Forza Horizon Four, a game that I that I am very familiar with, is not working with Quick Resume. So you know, I'm I'm not sure if it's because Forza Horizon Four is a server based game, have, you know, heavily server based game. So then that starts to bring up the question of other games like Destiny. And, and these games that we play that are very server heavy, are they not compatible with Quick Resume? But watching someone jump from, you know, Gears of War into Ori and the Will of the Wisp and then, you know, hop over to another game um, did seem to work really well. And they did mention Fortnite, which is also obviously a very server heavy game. So I think I think it's just a matter of time before it gets maybe maybe some of these patch, maybe these, some of these updates for these uh, particular games haven't released fully released yet. But it was something reported uh, early today of people that have noticed some gaps in the com- the compatibility of games with Quick Resume. Yeah, when these games were created, the idea of Quick Resume wasn't in developers' minds. So there there may be a certain sense of catch up to work out the logistics of exactly how you know Quick Resume could 
could work on a server-based game. So I have I have no doubt that a lot of that's going to get ironed out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the controller on the Xbox. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about the controller on the Xbox. It is really just a facelift, in my opinion, of the current controller that we're so used to. It's a little bit smaller. Um, I, you know, and due to fact, due to form factor, I believe it's a little bit lighter. I think it was technically confirmed. Uh, it has it has a new share button on it. Um, there's some texture ver- texture additions to like the triggers and stuff that you could be more familiar with if you've purchased a newer xbox one x series like say the gears 5 edition the cyberpunk edition a lot of those controllers all of a sudden started to have like rubber grips on the bottom the the triggers had uh texture on the triggers we're seeing a lot of that come into the standard controller here um did i miss anything on the controller i mean that's pretty much it Obviously, the, the, bit- the D-pad, the D-pad. Oh, slightly yeah. New, altered. D- new D-pad, new D-pad. You're right. It's it's sort of an eight way the- click where the uh, cardinal yeah. directions are raised. I'm very interested to see what this is going to feel like and how this is going to function. It's actually I know it's like one of those like small things, but it's one of the things I'm the most interested to know how it feels as a, a fan of Mortal Kombat and fighting games. The, yeah. the D-pad this is, is pretty essential. I've honestly always liked the PlayStation D-pad. This is literally the elite, deep, the elite uh, Xbox controller D-pad just turned into plastic and not yeah. not interchangeable. You know, as far as the disc style of the D-pad on the elite, it's really they just took that concept and they put it in this controller, which is good because it's a good D-pad. But um, and it and it does work well for fighting. You know, for fighting games if you're into the, if you're into them. But um. That's a you know that's really about it. I think the big news about the control about these controllers is that you can use anything that you already have, right? That's that's the that's the that's the kick on this is that yeah we don't have a a brand new state of the art controller that's that's changing the game. We have um, a controller that is as stated in the Discord or sorry in in Twitch chat again. Dork of the Ninja saying if it's not broke, you know the Xbox controller design idea was if it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's what they did. They just simply tried to and just take some feedback from players and slightly tweak it to make it just a little bit nicer. And so I think, you know, people are like it and I'm going to be primarily using my elite two controller because that's the advantage. Any of your Xbox one controllers and your elite controllers and all that stuff, all usable on the series systems. So that's neat where PlayStation obviously is the opposite. You can use old controllers for old games, but the dual sense is built for, for the new stuff. And you know, it's, there is a little bit of separation over there, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. So with the Xbox, the thing that I wanted to say about this um, is, and I saw it in the chat already, that some people are saying, like Johnny Riot, nothing really feels next-gen about the Series X yet. And that's true. But I think loading times, I think I think quick resume, I think um, a lot of that functionality is next-gen because that's, really that's really what we're pushing here. Um it does support HDMI 2.1. It does support uh, 1440p resolution, which is a big deal for monitor players. It does, you know, support 4K. It, it will advance itself into being able to handle 8K uh, when the time comes. And, you know, so it is next gen. What you're looking at is you're paying money for a PC upgrade. That's This is 
this system runs everyone every game that you own right now it runs better on the series x what's the difference from spending 500 bucks on an xbox series x versus when i went out and bought a 2070 super gpu because i want a better frame rate on my computer that's what this is you have an xbox one x you liked it you go buy an xbox series x all your games run better. You just bought, you just upgraded your computer is what you did. That's it's the equivalent of that. With the with the built-in ability for it to evolve over time and get better. And so when I heard I heard something similar to that being said, someone's like this is basically like you're upgrading your PC. I it clicked in me. I was like that's that honestly really kind of meshes with how i feel about this and it like i am very excited to get my xbox series x this week and um and, and play play games on it and uh, but i also understand that i'm not currently set up to utilize it to its full potential and i'm okay I, like now that i understand that i'm okay with it what i'm concerned about is the masses of people that are going to buy these both of these systems that don't get understand that and that's where I think both companies might have a little bit of a mixed review from the from a consumer level. Sure, they got a lot of content creators and a lot of these, you know, IGN and and all these companies praising them right now. But I also am kind of blaming a lot of those companies for sitting there like, yeah, man, this looks great, 4K at 60 frames. Then I went to 14, you know, I put in Ori and I played Ori at 6K, 60 frames, and all this. It's like, but they didn't. They none of them explained that the majority of us are not going to be able to achieve that with the current tech that we have in our house, our houses. So we will see. But we're gonna keep on moving here. Um, you know, you know, Grim. Just to piggyback off that fact, real quick, before we move on, moving into the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty generation, there was a lot of homes that weren't equipped with the right TV to utilize those systems. I remember I had to like, t- you know, go with my buddy to the store to show him an HDMI cable because I went to his house and he was playing using the composite cables on a PS3 he just got. I go, what are you doing, man? Like, mm-hmm. so th- there, there is, there is going to be a learning curve this generation that there wasn't with the last generation when it comes to yeah. understanding the technology. And the learning curve is tough because there's not, a, the market's not there yet. That's, that's the mm-hmm. even, that's the harder kicker is that you can't, like, yes, you can go out and find a TV that has HDMI 2.1 on it, but there's not a lot. It's not like you're going to go buy a budget TV and get HDMI 2.1, you know? So, um, and, and you're not going to go buy a monitor right now. Like you're just not an HDMI 2.1 monitor. Maybe in December is when we'll get our first monitors that, that properly, uh, support HDMI 2.1. So with all that being said, there's just, I don't feel like either company or any of these, any of these out, these, these reporting companies like IGN, like Gotaku, like these companies, they're just not, they're not setting people up for success and under, and being understanding of the fact that, oh, okay, I'm going to like this. I am going to get benefits out of it, but I'm not going to get the graphical benefits that I think I'm going to get out of it without some further investment. Absolutely. Your your but your budget TCL uh, 4K TV you bought last Black Friday, yeah, it'll look as nice as it could on that, but you're not going to get 
the full ability of a, a new Xbox or a new PlayStation. That's just the truth. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. I think we're pretty good on the Xbox, right? Is there any, any other um, hardware pieces we wanted to talk about with the Xbox? No optical, no, you know, one HDMI out, no HDMI in. You can't use it as a media source anymore, which, you know, no one, I, I'm going to be honest with you, not a lot of people cared about, so it's okay. Um, one of the big things everyone was talking about early on in the preview phase a couple weeks ago was about, like, the temperatures that these oh, systems yeah. were running, and everything seems like it's cooling and working really yeah. well. Yeah, we for all, for all these... For all these people that are like, oh my God, they're all, they're all run super hot. And now we're getting, you know, digital foundry releasing these videos of the PS five and, and the Xbox series X running cooler than their previous generation ever did. And like silent, silent, they're holding, you know, they're like, you're, you're not even going to hear these systems when, when they're running. So my favorite one, and again, this is PlayStation related, but it's on the topic of heat. So we'll cover it now. My favorite thing I saw was a YouTube video of a guy posted about a PS5 display somewhere in Texas in a, like a Best Buy in Texas that had like a overheating warning on a screen. And he's like, oh, you know, PS5 going to have heating problems or people were talking about it. I go, man, I worked at Best Buy for the launch of the PS3. And guess what? You put that PS3 system in a casing yeah. and run it into a monitor because it wasn't designed to run like that. It yeah. was overheating all the time. I was resetting it every 25 minutes. Yeah. They so can't breathe. They can't breathe at all. Those displays are not actually built for the health of those systems. So yeah, I don't think anyone should have any concerns currently with heating issues on any of these systems based on the reviews that we've been seeing from yeah. tech people. And, and I mean, one of the major reasons why we're seeing reduced heat is because the power consumption of both of these have, have shown that they're much lower. They're running higher frame rate, higher resolution, you know, um, but but using a considerably amount, uh, less amount of energy. So that's, you know, energy equals heat in, in, in tech. So we're, um, it looks good. I mean, you know, there's nothing really concerning about that until some, uh, some people start jamming these things into little cubbies and then they can't breathe and they melt down and everybody screams, screams and cries and, you know. I think the last thing I want to hit on before we move to PlayStation, um, because it, it is important enough to talk about with PlayStation, is the Xbox Series systems are using the same interface that's already available on your Xbox One system. So with if you're already an Xbox yeah. owner, yeah, a few little tweaks, but it's not a it's not an overhaul to the ecosystem where you're gonna sit down and all of a sudden you're you're looking at this new uh user interface it's not going to be like that it's it's business as usual with xbox because if you know they feel like they've refined it and everything's good where we'll talk about a little bit with sony you are getting a fresh face to the interface well the big thing here is again the controller didn't change that much don't fix what's what's not broken when microsoft has learned a lot if you think of the xbox one and you think of the uh, the the ui or the OU, whatever you want to call this thing the the interface is has changed dramatic dramatically from when the Xbox One launched, and that was because it was a disaster. And so that when when Phil Spencer took over the company and started listening to the fan base and adjusting things, and we started talking about how they kept doing things that that the fans wanted, that 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 came through with the interface too. The interface kept evolving, kept evolving, and they're Microsoft. 
they're used to taking windows their their you know their operating system and evolving it over time and they've learned from back in the day that just dropping a brand new version and changing everything didn't work out well for user base so the fact of grabbing a brand new system and jumping into something that seems pretty much familiar is actually very refreshing to me where I don't have to worry about all, well, I just was using an Xbox one operating system for seven years and I really started, I was really comfortable with it and it really just started kind of coming into its own in the last two years. And now we got to start all over again. And that's so I'm, I'm completely okay with the fact that it's pretty much the same thing. They actually even up if you have an Xbox currently, they updated the, uh, the operating system so that, um, what you're using currently right now on your old Xbox is pretty much what you're going to see on your new Xbox with a, a couple additional features like the quick resume functionality and some other other stuff like that um, that we haven't seen on the current Xbox. But yeah, yeah it, so it, it's not that different at all, and I'm, and I'm okay with it. Sony has needed generational changes because you know it you need to grow and progress. It, I forgive me if I'm wrong, but Microsoft is the only of the big three that I could think of that has progressively done overhauls. The 360 got an overhaul over halfway through its life to have a completely new interface. Yep. And we've seen growth and sh big changes coming to the Xbox one. Yep. Um, so again, that it, it, Microsoft set themselves up for refining over time, opposed to making big generational jumps. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I'm excited for it because I really did like where the Xbox One um, OS really ended up. I, I'm a huge fan of, of the operating system, and so the fact that it's moving to the Series X is good for me. I'm, I'm bored with it. <clears throat> with that being said, let's move into the PlayStation 5. And uh, you do have two models here. You obviously have the PlayStation 5 with the optical disk drive and then the digital-only model. Um, but there is nothing different besides that with a $100 price difference. And um, basically, you want to be able to put discs in this thing or not. That's, we don't have, we're not talking the Xbox here where it's GPU variants and RAM variants and all that. It's just disc drive or not. So um, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on that. The, um, nope. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about... There, there's a lot of things that came out. Uh, Sony just released a huge fact uh, FAQ um, page about answering a lot of questions, which I'm super glad they brought out, but I would have really wished that that would have came out sooner. But it yeah, did... Yeah, two days before the launch of the system. Yeah, it did bring, it did bring some... I don't want to say alarming, but some just some flags, some interesting stuff. Like, example, um, no, no SSD expansion at launch. We were well aware that the at, at the time that they started showing off the, the system, they told us that it had a port to expand and then add an additional NVMe M.2, you know, uh, SSD drive. But they also told us that none of them had been approved yet and that they weren't sure if the stuff that's on the market currently would be compatible with the PlayStation, so don't buy anything right out the gate until we tell you more. Uh, and then we got an update today, which was the exact same message. <laughs> so um, the tough part with that is that the the PlayStation utilizes more of that storage than, well, not more, because you don't get the full terabyte on the, the PS4. It's not a terabyte. It's like, what, eight-something, eight? Something? eight 
eight twelve, eight yeah. twenty, somewhere. And you're only you're only gaining access to six hundred in some storage, like six. I can't remember. It's like six. Is it six fifty, six twenty five, something like that. Six thirty, somewhere yeah. in the realm. Something in in that the six hundred range. Someone in someone on Twitch will will correct us here in a second. But so you don't so like you don't have a lot of storage. And that is going to be uh, a concern when you're talking PS5 games and things like Call of Duty. You know, like just looking at Call of Duty and understanding how big that file size has been in the past, upwards of 200 gigs sometimes. Um, you know, we're, you're going to fill that space up in no time. Uh, yes, you can run external storage. But... You cannot archive your PS5 backups to external storage at launch. So if you download a PS5 game and then you need space, there is no option to archive it. You you delete it and then you'll re-download it if you want to play it again later. For people that maybe don't have the greatest internet connection, as I learned the other night when I was like, oh, I just download my games when I want to play them and then I delete them. And people are like, well, you know... I don't want to wait three days to download a game. That sucks. Like this, this could be an issue for you. Um, six sixty-seven. Thank you. Six hundred sixty-seven gigabytes is what's available. So, um, the thing that I don't like about this is, and and the the uh, article that Sony released today said we are looking into it. <laughs> there was no like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're working, we're, we're well along to developing it. It's going to be included in the first update or the summer update or the spring update or like there was nothing like that. It was the, yeah, we started looking at it. Like we mean you started looking at it. Like in this day and age, you have to give us an, a, you have to give us an archive functionality that for us to use. And the fact that I can't archive a PS5 file into an external hard drive is, is, I, I just want to ask why. I want to ask why that wasn't resolved months ago. Because it it is a function that's available on the Xbox. We didn't talk about that. And on the Xbox, you'll be able to play non-enhanced Xbox One and Xbox 360 games off of a USB 3.0 hard drive. Um, and I believe on the PlayStation, you will be able to play PlayStation 4 games off this hard drive. But like we're saying, you cannot move your PS5 game data onto there to save. Um, so, yeah, and and I don't think this is I I don't think this is fixed at on day one patch because if no, it, they'd be saying they'd be, they'd saying, be saying now saying it, that it yeah. is yeah why why create why create a bunch of you know because this is the thing people are reporting on this now because they're not happy about it even Digital Foundry um, a group that I really like because they are very neutral on things. They they pretty much said Sony like this is unacceptable, you know. So I mean, it it needs to be fixed sooner than later. It's um you're just there's gonna be more juggling as far as uninstalling where a lot of times people are just used to taking a four terabyte drive they got for a good deal and slapping it in, into a USB port and just you know storing stuff. You're not right now. I mean, short of the PS4 stuff, you're just not gonna do it. So that that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's it's just tough. It's always a bummer when you're going to game with someone and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't have that game downloaded. I had to free up space. And it's like, oh, OK, well, I guess we're not playing that tonight. Is there some other game that we both have like that? That's something that that comes up. And again, with things like Warzone taking up well over 100 gigs, it's just going to be hard for people 
to store a lot of games on their system. You're going to have to prioritize what you think you're going to be playing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, another thing that got brought up today was the, um, as the, well, not today, but in the last couple of days, as people started to kind of post videos of, of the menus and the UI and all that stuff, is that there's no 1440 support. Uh, something, again, that the Xbox does support. There is no 1440p support, which is very common in the monitor world. Um, I think a lot of people expected to see that. This is something that could simply change with the firmware. This could change day one patch. It could change down the road. Um, they can totally support it with the GPU and everything that they're putting in this machine. It's just not there, which was a little surprising. Um, but It's interesting, Grim, about that. In the last, let's call it five years, give or take a few, gaming has changed from the living room the to the computer desk yeah with with streaming being a prominent way that so many people experience gaming that's behind the ball on sony because because the way people game has changed i'm still a living room guy i'm still an on my couch guy but for people that are in our realm of gaming the people that you know i consider hardcore gamers the people that listen to this show are very excited about the new hardware they're much more likely to have a gaming chair, a capture card, a nice PC, and want to stream their games that way and play it on, on their 1440p monitor. Yeah. And I think it's a big oversight by Sony by not being ahead of that. It doesn't affect me at all because I don't I don't play on a gaming monitor. Yeah, I but I mean I've oversight. I've completely converted to gaming monitors. I mean I have a I have a beautiful Sony um, 4K HDR TV literally behind my monitors that is mounted on a wall that I look at and go, wow, that was a giant waste of money at this point because I don't use it. Um, I just like like monitors. I think I think this this generation we are going to see monitors break out like greatly because yes, c computers and streaming and all that stuff have have grown and become super prominent here in in society as far as how how people are absorbing content and interacting with people but this time around consoles can take advantage can take i don't want to say full advantage but can take pretty much full advantage of what monitors are capable of doing and that's and that's the higher frame rates that's you know um 4k hdr which is hitting monitors now um and so we're we're seeing the the fact that yeah i like a monitor but I, I like a monitor on my PC because it gives me 240 frames, you know, hertz, and I and I get one millisecond response time. Well, before I'd go buy a monitor for my PS4, I bought a 60 hertz monitor because I didn't because I knew if I bought a 144 hertz monitor, I would never utilize it. It was a waste of money. Now it's not, and so I think we're gonna see more companies produce more models. We're gonna see it marketed towards console uh, sales actually, and though TVs are still going to be something that people enjoy playing on i think from a competitive view and everything everyone already had if you're a competitive gamer you're already playing on a monitor so um yeah i think 1440p is, is an oversight and i think um you know that's uh it was a little little surprising especially because i heard you know when we heard the xbox is supporting it we thought oh yeah sony will have it too and then they, it's not there. But again, this is something they they can correct. So it's not like because it's not there, it'll never be there. That that's that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, same with like the PS5 backups, you know, and stuff like that. Like none of this is. Uh, look at this. None none of these are like permanent. None of these are like oh they missed it. That's bad, and they can't ever add it. So that's the good news. Uh, the last piece about this is the um, variable refresh rate. This one was probably the most surprising to me. Um, no variable refresh rate. So that was a little weird. Now, I now again, some games let you adjust this in-game. Some don't, right? And so... It's just kind of strange that that's not an option. Again, is an option uh, in Xbox. And so we're seeing where the Xbox acts a lot more like a PC, and we're seeing PlayStation kind of being a little more restricted and trying to force you to play a game in, in a certain way, even if that's not the way that you want to play. And that comes down to, again, your setup and your abilities with the tech that you own. So... Again, something they can add. So nothing, nothing, none of this screams, oh my God, I don't want a PS5 or, you know, I'm canceling my pre-order or anything like that. It's just, it is stuff worth making a mention for those people that are used to that. Some of these features exist already in the current gen systems. And so, you know, um, when you go looking for it and it's not there, that's why we wanted to report it. But, um... The next thing I want to talk about, and it was the surprising piece here, and uh, did anybody else have anything they want to talk about on, on any of the, the nose, the VRR, the 14? No? Okay, we're good. All right. DualSense. I've probably been the most, uh, out of the group here, I've been one of the, probably the most negative about, about the, dual, the Sony DualSense um, since it got announced. And though I haven't been able to personally try it in its full capability, I have been able to hold one because my extra controller showed up in the mail a couple days ago or a day ago or something like that. And I will say that simply this is probably the best controller Sony's ever made. First party that Sony's ever made. It's the most comfortable controller I've ever held in my hand. Now, again, this is my opinion with my size hands. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be for everybody. Jade instantly, my wife, has smaller hands. She instantly was like, I don't know. It feels kind of, you know, big. I was like, all right, well, you know, for me, I was pleasantly surprised when I when I uh, took it out of the box. The big thing, and I did, a, I did a, my own little video on this because I couldn't believe that they actually did it, is they put anti-friction rings in the joysticks if you don't know what that is and if you've never owned a xbox elite controller or say like a scuff vantage or something like that these little like plastic or metal rings that that are on the outside edge of the joystick housing is they're anti-friction it's like a it's like a lubricated like zone to just make the joystick super smooth like buttery smooth what buttery smooth what? Yeah, it's fantastic. But um that cut, cut down on you getting that gray uh, joystick powder right, from yeah. the grinding <laughs> the grinding exactly. So they added that to this controller and I was like I've only I've only seen it like I said on two controllers. Uh one was $200 and the other one was $180. They were both pro, you know, pro level controllers. Uh this is the base level controller. 
and it has it. And I was like, that is awesome. I love it because I'll tell you what, after using the Elite controller, every time I grab any other controller, even a standard Xbox controller, I instantly am annoyed by just the, how it feels. The joystick just doesn't feel as good. And I can tell you that when I took the DualSense out of the box and I, and I sat there messing with the joystick, it feels, it feels the same. It feels just as smooth. And so I was like, that is amazing. Because every time I grab my Nintendo Switch Pro controller, like, I love that controller, right? But I was ruined by the Elite controller because I was like, man, these joysticks just don't feel as good anymore. And so the fact that that's on there is huge. I'm, I'm really happy with that. USB-C is nice. The weight of this controller is, is kind of... It's not as heavy as an Elite controller because the Elite controller is a tank. But it definitely has some weight to it, and I um I like it. It, it gives it a sense of like that it's solid. It feels like a solid controller. So obviously, like I said, I haven't been able to try haptic feedback and adaptive triggers and everything that people right now are calling game changers. But you all know that my opinion on that is simply this: is that yes, it could be cool. I don't doubt that it'll be cool out the gate. I worry about longevity of the concept. And they've and we've already had people trying out third party support of of this features and saying that some some companies get it and some companies don't, and that's going to be the problem is that when you're the PS when you're Sony and you're and PlayStation Five, um, third party games definitely want to be on your platform, but they also aren't only on your platform. So the amount of investment and time they're going to put into building special you know special um loadouts for haptic haptic feedback and and adaptive triggers is going to be minimal um, in most cases because it's not going to be an advantage anywhere else so you know they're going to take the one guy that can't get anything else right in his job and they're gonna be like cool you're gonna go make haptic feedback you know modules for us but it's still cool. First party is always going to have great support for this, I believe. Um, hopefully better support than the touchpad that for some reason came back. I I don't understand why there's a touchpad on this controller, you guys. It's only there for backwards compatibility, Grim. <laughs> it's, that's all it, it's there for. I guess so. Maybe that's what it is. But either way, um, the controller feels really nice, guys. Um, do I think it's a game-changing, like, this is next-gen? Like, I just don't, you guys. Like, your phone has haptic feedback, and adaptive controllers are cool, but time will tell. Like, I can't, I can't hype this up and say, this is a game-changer, when we've had VR come out with, with wands that, like, will allow us to, to tilt accesses and grab things, and we and and that didn't even really take off yet. We believe vibration in our hands when we're walking on ice versus snow versus dirt is game changing. I just I just I'm sorry. I don't feel that way. Um, the triggers, as far as like feeling the tension of a bow versus versus the trigger of a gun versus the pedal of a car, like I'm in, I won't lie. I'm interested in it, but I don't think it's game changing. Because, again, the question comes down to, in Overwatch, how is that going to work? Does it create an unfair advantage? Does it create a disadvantage? Do they not even, do they not even bother putting it in the game? You know, like, that's where we're going to get at is how big of a deal is this? Does, is it so big of a deal that Xbox and everybody else follows? And, and halfway through the Series X, we get a new controller that has it built in? Or is it the next Sony thing that Sony kind of forgets about and puts down to the side. 
you know, and I'm just, I've been burned before by Sony, so the people that are just jumping on board, they've watched the videos or whatever, and they're sitting there like, dude, like, I will tell you, and I'll agree with Dork of the Ninjas in the chat. I debated about canceling all my PS5 stuff because I just was like, I just don't know if I really want this. And then this thing showed up and I and I held it and I said, cool, I'm keeping my I'm keeping my pre-order. I'm going to check this thing out. And so I will tell you right now, the reason why I'm excited for the PS5 is the is the controller still because it is different and, and it is something to explore versus being just a facelift on the Xbox and more of the same. Right. Um. We'll see. It gives you an opportunity for a new experience where the Xbox controller does not give you that same opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, you know, I'm trying not to be like super negative about it because I do like the controller. It, like I said, it's the best feel for a PlayStation controller that I've ever held. And, um, you know, the, the haptic feedback can be cool because we've, we've felt the difference of having haptic feedback and not having haptic feedback on a phone. And, it, and clearly it was important enough that as phones evolved, haptic feedback became, more, became standard because it's a, it's, it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not revolutionary because we've had it. Um, now the adaptive controller, you know, um, it seems cool, but when they showed the mechanics of how that thing works, it does add an extra mo two extra motors into your controller. It does add more more things to wear and tear on your controller. So then the question comes down to, what is the longevity of this device? What are, what happens when a trigger goes bad? Is your it, does it can it just be a bite can it just be bypassed and the trigger acts normal, or or are we going to start running into DualSense controllers that? become useless because of failed adaptive triggers you know things like that that i i don't think anybody has the answer to yet because we haven't had them long enough sony con drift exactly exactly chop snyder in the chat there um yeah i mean either one of you you haven't held the dual sense but like do you have an opinion on this controller since it is the first, I mean, not the first non-dual shock, but I mean, it's the first change in a Sony controller, in, like a major change in a Sony controller in a long time. Oh, no, I Go ahead, Maggie. Oh, no, I was just saying, I, I kind of like the way it looks. I haven't had a chance to hold on to one, uh, per se, uh, which is kind of why I miss uh, being able to be in the studio because I would have been able to, to, to you know, to, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. to grip yours. <laughs> and the chat goes wild. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to, to get my hands on it. It looks like um, it might be a little more comfortable because I, I, I'm really digging the rounded edges at the top um i mean it just seems like it'd be something comfortable for my fingers to like rest at um but yeah i i'm 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 excited now question and i did see it from uh uh i think chops asked it a little while ago uh the d-pad um is the d-pad the d-pad is it flush against or no, is it like the buttons out? the buttons are clear and so like the image of like the arrows and the cross and the square and triangle. Mm -hmm. Yes. I called it cross. You guys. Yes. You said it right. And the circle and all that stuff. Um, they actually lay, those do lay flush pretty much with the controller. And then you have like a clear, just a clear button. So in the camera, it's probably hard to see that they actually have height. Hold on. Oh yeah. You see it. You can see it. In the yeah. getting, getting grim action on you. Oh yeah. 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 
but you can see it that there's height to the buttons and the d-pad it's just when you look mm. straight on it can kind of hide it a little bit okay but yeah um, so is it something comfortable that, would you say it'd be comfortable for like um uh, like fighting games the D-pad feels good. I think. I think you know. I. I. I said I've never been a huge fan of the of the PlayStation D-pad myself, but um, it feels the best. The best version of it that again of a first party base base level controller. Um, the face buttons also feel. It's weird. They feel less. They feel more responsive, but they're still a little mushy, like Sony usually is. So like, not a bad. None of this is negative. Like it's just like um how they feel and uh again I, I think i like the face buttons better on this controller so the triggers feel really good the bumpers feel good the overall controller form feels good on your hand i i'm a fan of the increased size i'm a fan of the of the weight um i think it's a really well designed controller you know it just comes down to everyone's gonna play astro everyone's gonna play you know uh spider-man and and so you have a couple games right out the gate that's gonna that's gonna sit there and show you how great this thing can be. The problem is is the follow up, right? That's that's always the problem. Like I'm sure haptic feedback and adaptive triggers are gonna be really cool when you play Horizon Forbidden West, but the 20 games you play between that those game between launch and that game, that's when it starts to become the question. And as third party starts to care less about it. Does it just become a first-party gimmick at that point? Because we've seen Sony do gimmicks so much mm-hmm. that I mean, you don't have to go back far to remember the launch the launch controller that was the PS3 controller with the six access that was going to change the game. And then before the PS3 was dead was over, we didn't have six access controllers anymore. They got rid of them during that generation. So. You know, I just I've been around long enough that I've watched this happen time and time again. Not just by Sony, mind you. Okay, we can we can look at Microsoft, we can look at Nintendo. They're all they all have this happen to them. Um, but I don't necessarily like get like gimmicks added to your controllers to the system to the the Xbox Connect, whatever you want to call it. That. Third-party companies are going to look at and say, well, I'm going to go release this game for everything, and I just don't really care about your extra piece of gadget there. I'm just going to release a core game on your system, and people of my, and fans of my game are going to buy it anyways. And so when that starts to happen, that's when we start to see the support of that, of that feature just kind of dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. That's what I, I just, I just don't want to see that because you're paying you know, premium money for this controller. And, you know, and some of that is, is some of that investment is because of that tech that's in that controller. The DualShock 4 is one of my favorite controllers ever. Like, I really like it. Now, again, I have small carnival worker hands. Like, I have the hands of a small child. So it's not a big controller. So I know a lot of people that do have big hands, like, oh, I can't, I can't play on a DualShock 4. It actually feels really good in my hands. So hearing that the DualSense is is bigger is one of those things like no well it's not the most exciting for me but again i've always liked the playstation d-pad i've always liked the playstation face buttons the the triggers i've never been a big fan of on on the um on the playstation i always felt like the the triggers were a little short like i I just need them to be longer you'll really like these i'm always like my hand especially like playing like fighting games like blocking trying to do stuff quickly i'm always like going off the back end of 
the trigger. So that would, that's my biggest complaint about the dual shock. Uh, so, you know, I'd be just excited as anyone who's been playing PlayStation since the nineties to know what a dual sense feels like, but I, I don't need to go too far into it. Cause I totally agree with you that this is going to be a gimmick that's supported by first party. And it unlikely it's really going to make a meaningful difference in that generation of games. You're going to see cool stuff on the first party and not much else. It's going to be a lot like fe- a lot of features of the Wii and the DS. Uh, you know, so many times companies come out with what is a nice technology that they add to try and add some depth to games. And they're the only ones that support it because third party developers are like, listen, we're putting this out on multiple systems. We just want to keep it about the game. We don't need to make it crazy. Even even the HD rumble on the Switch. I can't remember the last time I played a Switch game that I thought HD rumble was anything meaningful. Despite it being a cool technology three years ago when they showed it off. Yeah, and and um, yeah, I I mean, I agree with all that. I no dork no dork is in the chat saying that, and I I did word things wrong. Six Access and DualShock Three, they're really the same controller, and obviously there was a rumble feature missing, and the main reason was there was a, if if you want technical reason, there's a lawsuit that was going on when the PS3 came out, so they had to wait, but. My original point is that the motion of the of the DualShock 3 was gimmicky and forgotten and not used. And the touchpad of the PS4 is was was gimmicky and forgotten and not used. And you might like it for one game like I've been seeing Johnny Riot say and, and you might like it for a couple games, but overall the touchpad was just a giant button that most of us used. A giant pull up the map, pull up the scoreboard, mm-hmm. whatever it was. It was you know, it wasn't utilized well and no one's gonna ever change my mind on that. So the fact to see it resurface again on the PS five is very shocking to me because I just I just don't get it. But um But yeah, I mean We've seen it. Call it, call it whatever it is. From from things like Eye of Judgment to, if you don't know what that is, please don't ever look it up and just save yourself. <laughs> to <laughs> okay, that. yeah, yeah, and you know, to to all sorts of other gimmicky things that have come along the way with Nintendo and 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 Microsoft and every other company that thinks that they just have the next big idea and it just doesn't pan out, you know. And so, um, hell. Haptic feedback was technically in the PS3 controller. It was called it, it, it was called uh, force feedback, but it was a form of haptic feedback. So again, it's not it's an evolution of tech that we're seeing, and and people are really just um, I'm worried that these videos that everybody's watching they're they're just overhyping it. They're overhyping it, and at launch we're all gonna love it. Okay. But by the but but half you know halfway life of the system, none of us are going to care. I'm see, very excited to see the grim honeymoon phase. Yeah, with the PlayStation Five. See, when Nintendo Switch came out, they were like, "You can feel the ice in the glass." When PlayStation came out, they said, "You can not only can you feel the ice in the glass, but you can feel the ice melting in the glass." They they they, they stepped it up. They stepped it up. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask a question to the chat because I'm seeing someone saying that Ghosts of Tsushima, uh, uh, Tsushima um, used the touchpad. Yeah. yeah, used the touchpad in a great way. What did you do with the touchpad in that game? Do you, anybody does Miggy know, or or if not, the chat needs to answer because I mean it's been a while. 
Infamous Second Son oh. used it where I remembered it, but but other than that, I don't I don't remember a whole lot about it. Was that for the map dork? You you touch it, you like you yeah the wind functionality. So um the the wind basically told you where you need to go. So I think you just swipe up on it, and um it would it would like make the wind blow. It was it was interesting. Neat. Neato. Having a touchpad <laughs> on your controller that that's the utilization of it. I remember. I'll have to look, I'll have to look into this, but if swiping up is a good utilization of a touchpad so that the wind blows, so you know which direction to walk into, the D, you know what the DS did back in the day? You blew into the DS to make the wind blow. That was more innovative than swiping up on a touchpad. Grim, let me tell you. <laughs> week week 1 like day 2 cuz it took me forever to download the updates. PlayStation 4 Destiny 1, I'm playing it in the dark. I boot up that first mission, and my character on screen has a flashlight in the dark, and the front of the controller lit up white to match my flashlight. I was like, I'm living in the future! <laughs> yep, and? That's all this is going to be. It's going to be very fun <laughs> for 30 seconds, and then yeah. you realize your controller shaking was a thrill that you'll never have back again. Okay, I mean, bottom so... bottom line. Let, let me just point out. Let me let me just throw one more concept out there. And not everyone's gonna not everyone's gonna agree with me here. I'm not trying to make people agree with me, but I I just believe, my I believe in this. The Wii was groundbreaking. It was le- it was amazing. Everybody wanted one. My parents who don't even play video games wanted one so they could bowl. Okay, it changed gaming. It was so cool. By the end of the lifespan of the Wii. I was so sick of the Wiimote and the nunchuck. I just wanted a normal controller in my hand and I didn't want to have to wave it around to play Skyward Sword, which was supposed to be one of the best Zelda games ever made that I didn't even experience because I was like, I don't want to play with Wii Motion Plus and it's none. I just don't want to play that way anymore. I'm done. Like it gets old. I was old. tired of pointing at things. I was it's tired just, of yeah. doing this. It just play gets old. And that's what I mean by gimmick. Nintendo is king at gimmick. How cool, like, how many people, like, talk shit about Joy-Cons or thought Joy-Cons were the coolest thing in the world? Both sides, right? And then it came out, and sure enough, they were cool. And then, sure enough, we have major drift stick, drift issues. And, like, I mean, but at the same time, I play my Switch more of a standard system now than I than ever before. When the Switch first came out, it was and mind you, we can't do this anymore. But it was everybody meet up at Mod Pizza. We're gonna have a Switch party and we'd all kick out our kickstands and we'd hand out Joy Cons and we'd sit there and play games for you know four hours while we ate pizza. Now uh, I'm 2017. <laughs> now it I'm feels like the 1980s <laughs> in my memory. Now I'm Everyone like was fun and outdoors and not yeah. wearing masks. Now I'm like, radical, just, just give me my switch light, which acts as a standalone hand handheld and I'll play my game or throw or keep my other switch in my dock and give me my pro controller. Cause I don't give two shits about that stuff anymore. When Nintendo dropped this and you could use this on most of their game with the, for the Wii, it Couldn't use cool. that on Skyward Sword. I'll tell you that right now. I, 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 but the thing that sucked about it, you had to plug it into your Wii mode. Yep. And you sit there like, hey, let me put my Wii. So what I used to do is I used to keep my Wii mode in my pocket and just say, <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm living the future. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I still like, and, and don't get me wrong, guys. I like the Joy Cons. They actually, they, the thing about the the thing about the gimmicky Joy Cons is that they actually um, serve a purpose. Like there, there is there is advantage to them. But HD Rumble, you guys remember that? How cool it was to guess how many marbles mm-hmm. were were in your one Joy Con? Don't care. Also, mm-hmm. also name the last game that really really focused with that technology because i remember at launch playing blaster master zero and being like oh my god water would rush from the left to the right and the system would rumble from the left through the system to my right hand i was like this is amazing and then before i knew this it i was the future before i realized before i knew it i was like this makes my hand this bothering my hands just let me get through this level i don't want to deal with this anymore so that's because you have bad circulation. That's why it was bothering your hands. Maybe but that's some, maybe that's something, that, <laughs> that's something I noticed that Sony does though when they uh when they uh drop their new you know the new systems they they the developers utilize all the gimmicks. Uh, I mean, look at the Vita. I mean, like most recently, yeah, the PS4. Um, playing like the launch title games, they utilize all of the gimmicks, all of the gimmicks. But when it gets close to the mid or like the midlife of their cycle, it's just like, okay, button here, button here. Oh, that's right. There's a touchpad on the back. You're not going to need it. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, why waste it? They, if that's something yeah. they should take out when they when they make their um yeah. their, their smaller systems. So anyways, uh, the DualSense, again, guys, I think it's a good controller. I think we're going to have fun with it. I think the the new features will be people will enjoy them and people will like them through the whole lifespan. But I just think it's getting too much hype. And, and I think it's going to fortunately going to create disappointment in some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling I am going to be one of them because Rumble. I mean, I think someone said it in the chat. I forgot who it was and, and the chat's moved too much, but someone said it. Oh, and I think it was BMC. I turn all that off when I play shooters and when I play certain games because that's, and that's true. A lot of, you know, if you're trying to be competitive, a lot of those functionalities get turned off. So, you know, I don't want there to be force for me to pull the trigger when I need to actually win a game. I just want to pull the trigger and win the game. So, um, you know, for a single player and adventure and story and trying to get you to feel in the moment and, and, and be immersed into the world. Yeah, sure. I think that I think that's what the stuff really will excel in the most. We'll see. Um, with that being said, uh, we talked about storage concerns for but there, but there is the storage concerns for all three. I mean, you know, and we've already kind of covered it. I don't think we need to, to go any more into it, but, you know, we're going to have to you to pay attention to this stuff, at least at launch. It's not going to uh, be be the best, but let's move into software at launch because this list is long and it's going to take us a long time to get through. It might have to be its own show. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is truly definitive of a generational launch. It's, it's definitive. It's it's game changing. Like game I've changing. never yeah. seen Unreal. a launch anything like this, yeah. except for maybe the launch of the Nintendo Switch, which had two games, which is twice as many games as are available on the Xbox <laughs> so let's, series. Yeah. So let's just start with the exclusives for each system because that might yeah. take the rest of the show. Xbox, there are none. Um, PS- Gears <laughs> Tactics, unless you count PCs. That's not Console real. Exclusive. Gears Tactics. That's not real. The hottest. Everyone loves tactics games. They're the hottest. They're system sellers. That's not People next. Are like, give me it's that not, series. I gotta play. It's not next gen. It's not next gen. It's it doesn't count. 
Okay, I'm an Xbox fanboy. I'm telling you, the answer is zero. Okay, it's actually negative one because of what they did to Halo. We ain't even giving knocking zero. It's negative one. So, um, but no, I mean the the Xbox exclusives. I, I see. I see that that I put Gears Tactics on our list. Scratch that off. It is no real next gen games. Is the act is the answer. Okay, that is the answer. Um, and then uh, which is awful. Which is absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean. So the big thing that, that a lot of these review people are talking about, like, yeah, the system's cool, the tech's cool, the power is is obvious when you're playing all last-gen games from 2018, but um, there's nothing really out to show you what this thing truly can do for next-gen. One of the reviews and I watched... Halo's not going to be it, guys. Long. Cut, One cut. of the reviews that I watched spent way too long gushing over how good the water looked now in Sea of Thieves. Like, it was already the best water in gaming. But now, on the <laughs> with the series enhancements, the water is incredible. And it's like, couldn't you be talking about yeah. any game here's where, specifically changing the game? Here's where I think I'm going to be just super jaded about everything on both of these systems, is that... The water already looked better on Sea of Thieves when I played it on PC. The Forza Horizon oh, 4 already, already looked better when I played it on PC. So Master like, Race yeah. Grim. So for people that for people that have been able to experience that, because a lot of the people I hang out with, guess what? Game Pass hit PC. Xbox, you know, all that stuff hit PC. And so people started to explore both sides. Like, I have people in the chat right now with us watching this show that play Forza on both Xbox and PC, that play Rocket League on both Xbox and PC, that play these games, and they know the difference. So jumping into this this generation, the the advantages of frames per second and, and all that type of stuff is all lost to us. Then it comes down to the fact that these games load a lot better, and that's that is good. I mean, the PS5 loads games. There's some some recorded game loading on the PS5 that are faster than the PC. So I mean, like the the loading and function and, and swapping of games, the quick resume that those that is the most exciting thing to me because it is something that I can't get on PC. But the the frame rates and stuff, like especially with the fact that like my PC can push frames, you know, higher frame rates through DisplayPort, you know, and and um, I don't have to worry about HDMI 2.1 and figuring out which monitor I'm going to have to replace, which TV I'm going to have to replace to get the 2.1 so that my Xbox Series X or my PS5 actually looks the best it can look. I don't have to worry about that. So, I mean... Bottom line, we have no real next-gen games for Xbox and just a bunch of enhanced games that we're going to be playing on Xbox for the for the for, you know the early early to middle of next year, realistically. And God, we can only hope that somehow this disaster of Halo, whenever that does come out, actually answers the call. But I don't have a whole lot of faith in that right now. So. Um, with that being said, you have Game Pass last-gen upgrades. You, you're going to have EA Play get added. All the, all that functionality is going to be dropping. Uh, you're going to have to wait till next month. You, you can play Destiny 2's new expansion, but you're going to have to wait till December to actually get the Xbox enhancement version of it. And so, like, it's just there's just a lot of like 
you know, if I play Valhalla, if I play the new Call of Duty, if I play those games, sure, I'm going to get an enhancement and that's going to be, it's going to look better, you know, but, but it's not Astro Playroom, it's not Bug Snacks, it's not Spider-Man Miles Morales, it's not Sackboy, it's not Demon Souls, it's not Godfall. Not that that is a super impressive list, but at least it's a list. At least it's an actual list. Now, mind you, Spider-Man does come on PS4. Um, Bug Snacks is on PC. And Godfall is on PC. Okay, so I get all that. It's not true exclusive, but on the console side it is. So. I don't know. This is, as far as a launch window, it's it's pathetic. It really is. I'm going to play Spider-Man. Um, I'm going to play... Um, I'm going to play Bug Snacks because it's free. So I'll download it at some point. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Deadite? You seemed really so hyped about me? it. About Bug Snacks? No, about about this, the whole launch window, period. Dude, like... It's all incredible, man. It's it's all going to be worth it. Now, the, the thing about it is I've always believed that software should be the reason to buy a system. You want to buy a system that plays games that you want to play. This list shows you that you already own a system that plays the games you want to play. All the cross plat, the multi-platform games coming out this week, none of them are next-gen exclusives. They're all available to be played on the system you probably already own. Um there there's just there's there's no killer app, there's no draw. I, again, it's it's super nitpicky, but I wasn't this hard on the Switch launch because, well, we all know it was sort of a mid-generation scramble to save Nintendo, but it had Breath of the Wild. It had that killer sick game, and no one owned a Wii U, so the only way you were going to play it was on the Switch. It had that game. It had the one that made it worth the purchase. Bug snacks, you look like you're going to be fun. There's no way that someone's going to play bug snacks and go, this was worth my $500 to get this system day one. Miles Morales, it, it's, there's no doubt it's going to be a better experience on the PlayStation 5 with the dual sense in your hand. It's going to be better. But you could play it on PlayStation 4. I plan on playing it on PlayStation 4. Sackboy, you're going to be fun. Are you a? You're not going to be some generation defining game. You're probably going to be again, maybe more tech demo. Well, not generation defined because you can play on PS4. Oh yeah, it's available on PS4 and bug, then Demon Souls, Bug Snack. You can play. On, you can play on PS4. Oh, you can. So the Demon <laughs> Souls you'll be able to play for a decade. Um, so th there's just there's just there's not a, a reason to rush out and buy these systems when you're when you're talking software. No, and. That's that's disappointing to me because that's always my favorite thing about a console launch is trying out new games and new experiences that you could not have before. Playing a playing a Zelda game of the quality of Breath of the Wild in the lunchroom at work handheld was an experience I had never had before. Buying a Wii and playing Wii Sports for the first time and picking up um you know, whatever other launch title I want to pick, motion controls, it was different. It was a new experience. There are no new yeah. experiences this time around. Yeah, with this being said, the fact that uh, that, that um, Bugsnack and Sackboy and even Spider-Man, Miles Morales, is PS4, 
they almost get eliminated from this list because we didn't include any Xbox One games that are you know coming out right now that are also playable on the Xbox One X, even though they have enhancements for the Xbox Series X, right? So it's yeah. the same. It's the same boat. So really, then Johnny Riot has it right. You have Demon Souls, Astrobot, and Godfall. Astrobot being the freebie that comes with the system. So you have Demon Souls and Godfall. Godfall you can play on the PC. You might remember. So you have two games to zero. You know, one. I mean, it's still a better list than, than Xbox, but man, disrespecting Gears Tactics. That's gonna be your game. <laughs> I, I hate you so much. Gears Tactics has been out on the PC. I've been able to play for months or a month or something like that. And I did it. And I like gears because I don't like tactic <laughs> games. So anyways, the, the game launch is, is, is rough. You know, you're buying this, you guys, it, it's that it's like, and that goes back to the concept I said earlier, you are buying this to get the upgrade. You're buying this so that your favorite games now play better. And then the new games that come out in the future are you're ready for. You know, you're you're ready to play 60 frames locked. And even if you even if you're not ready, like you don't have the thing that's going to allow you to play 120 frames. You don't have the stuff that's going to let you utilize uh, HDMI 2.1 to its full extension. You're still going to enjoy the fact that games that used to run it like, hey, they're like, yeah, it runs at 30 frames per second. And then when like a bunch of bad guys get in, get in place and it drops down to like 20 frames or below. And, and that was the that was normal. That's what that's what we accepted in last gen. Um, then. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Now the games are locked at 60 and running those same scenes that would dip down below 20 frames are locked at 60. So, I mean, like, you know, you're still going to see an improvement on whatever you currently play if you decide to move to this. That's what you have to accept. You have to accept that the stuff you're enjoying right now is going to run better. And, and you're basically upgrading like you would upgrade a PC on both sides. So, Gr- Grim, here's how, I, here's how I'm thinking of it. <clears throat> You own a car. You own a you own a Focus ST, right? Yes. Nice car. You can drive it fast. It it gets you where you need to go. You don't need to buy a Porsche. But if you could, maybe you would. And that that's what this is. You you have the tools you need to play the games you want to play right now. Yeah. But do you want faster, slicker, cooler, newer? This is buying the imported sports car for video games right now be, because it is sort of a a flex it is sort of uh, uh a status almost you know like it's 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 you're not gaining functionality buying a porsche isn't going to get you to work any differently than it does other than you're going to have way more fun doing it and i guess that's kind of what we're looking at here with this new generation launching this week yeah and i mean that's that's the real the, you know the realization i had to come to when I started looking at the amount of money I was about to spend this week and started thinking about like, do I real do I want to? And the answer ended up being yes, because I'm curious, but it's more curious. It's more curiosity and, and just, and, and slightly increasing the playability of, of my, um, my different platforms than it is, I can't wait to play Breath of the Wild. I can't like PS4 even for me. I was like, oh my god, give me Killzone Shadowfall, um, which was a giant 
disappointment but still um they actually made a mention digital foundry made a mention that like you need to play sh the kill zone game that launched with the ps4 on your ps5 and i was like hmm. i was like oh okay i'm interested like <laughs> what would make me pull that game off my shelf and dust it off and play it that right there so i mean you know there is things to get to get hyped about there are some things on both both sides that i think are going to be talked are going to be really cool and you know but in the grand scheme of things i think the software side of this was just a nightmare covid and pandemic obviously didn't help the situation and you know overall there's many factors that played into the fact that i think both these companies would could one day come out and say we had plans to have a much different launch window um but it just didn't happen you know and so it won't take long for PlayStation to get things like Ratchet and Clank, you know, and I think Xbox around the corner will have some details for the new Forza and for uh, Halo and on uh, the next installment of Gears. Like all, all that stuff's going to come down quickly, especially for Xbox that needs to make. I mean, if they're not going to have any exclusives to the series, you still have to have blockbuster games come out every year. So 2021 still needs a halo it still needs a gears it still needs a forza it still needs something that you know is going to allow the xbox environment whatever it be if you're playing on an old xbox a series xbox or whatever um you gotta have games so i mean it's gonna happen 2021 will have games for both sides and i think you know we'll be able to revisit this like dead i said when the honeymoon's over and we can really say how rough the launch maybe was and how long it took for these these devices to mature and really give us some content that we were happy to play on it. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, getting into I want to say third third through the first third third and fourth quarter of of twenty twenty one up into the first quarter of of well no nothing really comes out first quarter but uh, third and fourth quarter of twenty twenty one I think might be the might be the time for games if not maybe mid-2022, but yeah, something's got to come out. They got to drop a couple of solid bangers um, next year to, to really push these systems out. Yep. Um, yeah. I think this covers our, our, I think we've covered our hopes and fears. Wouldn't you agree, Deadite? Is there anything else you I wanted at least, to add? I, so one of my fears that I want to talk about, Yeah. I'm concerned overall that the differences in the series s and the series x may eventually hold back some things from development on the series x i'd be concerned that three years down the line that the differences between the two graphically like are, are we going to run into things that microsoft will not be able to implement in a game because it would cause it to run so poorly on the s i'm i'm worried about optimization issues with the s long term i mean i think we're already seeing it with the current plan of xbox one being included even the original xbox one which is just a, just a slug compared to everything else that's come out so you know there's been rumors that the halo project was was um, in danger of just of just terminating the original Xbox off of the compatibility list, and they came back and said, "No, that's not true." But it, but it has to be reality. You're either going to have to create a scaling system that allows that game to, to scale itself back dramatically, 
or yeah, you're going to run into problems. I mean, and as far as like late lifespan of the S, I don't know because here's the deal. In two, three years, we'll probably have what they call Xbox Series X Pro and Xbox Series S you know, Pro or SS or something like that, which will be the enhancement that takes everything, you know, even further into the 8K realm as we get more into this 8K television, you know, uh, environment. Um, so, I mean, at that point, Microsoft needs to step up and say, hey, we've done the best we could at keeping our community together, but um, it's finally a point where we have to sever uh, games moving forward will only be compatible on the newer series systems or whatever, you know? I think a possibility of the way that there is a workaround built in to the longevity of the Series S is uh, streaming. Hey, this this title, you know, it's playable, it's installable on your Series X. If you'd like to play it on the Series S through Game Pass, it's available to stream through xCloud. So you're playing it off a server, you know, like I I think that may be a workaround that eventually would have to happen. And, you know, interestingly, you know, you would have hoped that maybe some of that could have been talked about and sold with the system. Now, if that's the road they go down now, that the idea is that for that to be ultimately a streaming box in in seven years. I don't know. Yeah, but the, um, um, you know, Super Lars makes a good point in the chat is I could see the GPU reduction scaling, but the RAM on the Series S is definitely a limitation. We've already seen it. If you look at the Xbox One X versus the, the originally launched Xbox One, look at how the difference of how a game runs on those two systems. I mean, you have people report that like some games are damn near unplayable on the original Xbox. So, I mean, I'm hoping they learn from this generation. And the only reason they, the only reason this generation has an Xbox One, an Xbox One S, Xbox One X, right, and, and and even some different types of models within that realm is because the Xbox One was such a bad a bad design. It was it was a fail. It was a failure launch, and they were underpowered, overpriced, and everything was bad. This time they're coming out there and they're they're ahead. They are over the competition when it comes to power. Not counting the S, I'm talking about the X. And so moving forward, you need to you need to ride that out and say. Eventually, and we already know, eventually the 1 Series will lose support, but the S Series, what what does that mean? And the fact it has the same CPU, that's good. The GPU is questionable. The limited RAM is questionable. So how do you, revolve, how do you resolve that? Like you said, streaming, but not just, not just streaming like you were saying, streaming through xCloud. xCloud functionality, that box becomes, you know, becomes more useful if the server blades of microsoft can take some of the workload and then just beam it to you so that you're not required to worry about how many teraflops and bs that you have on your side i mean we can already i can already play forza horizon 4 on my phone it's beamed to my phone from a microsoft server and it plays pretty well with slight input lag but plays pretty well so in a couple of years when this would probably become an issue, I'm hoping that the solution revolves around X. So I guess my one final thought, I guess, do we, do we want to move into final thoughts? 
I don't. Yeah, my hopes and fears, I think, were sprinkled throughout all the stuff yeah. we talked. I don't. I think I'd just be repeating myself. So one of one of the things that I teased earlier that I want to talk about is I, I figured out this the series S. Like it it took you know a couple weeks here of seeing all these reviews and rumors and and everything going around you know talking about the storage and it underpowered and and what it can do what it can't do and for a while everyone was raging that it's it's just a dressed up last gen console um and and it hit me today who this was for we've always talked that this could easily be for a kid hey you're gonna play this on the old tv in the basement you know it saving some money here you go kid here's an xbox player games i think this system also could be for that guy that plays video games for like an hour a week the guy who just wants a game system doesn't need it to be premium like again we're we're in the hardcore we're the tech guys we love great looking tvs and and you know the best headphones and we want premium gaming experiences because we put time and effort into gaming think about that guy who's you know got three kids at home and if he can squeak out you know an hour and a week to himself to just sit down and play call of duty or something like the 300 xbox is going to be more than adequate for the time he's going to put into it or she's going to put into it so there there's a market for it but that that market to me isn't tomorrow that's not this week there's not someone who's like oh i need that 300 new xbox at launch because if there was someone that needed that xbox to play a couple hours here or there whenever they can they could get a, a one S or a, a one X. They could get the last generation, still enjoy all the stuff they want to enjoy and not be shelling out the money. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if I understood the the purpose of launching both systems simultaneously, but I think long-term Microsoft strategy, I think there's a lot of people that that series S is going to appeal to. And I think it's going to reach an audience that Sony doesn't have a product to reach. <clears throat> I mean that part. I mean that statement's true. Sony doesn't have a product that that uh, matches that. But by the time that that product does have a um, you know a, a more proper place, does the PS does does the systems that we're talking about right now drop in price anyways? Which then I guess that means the S drops down. So then it still has its own little room, wiggle room. So yeah, I mean that's true. Um, I think you made all good points on it. I think launching it right now it, it makes sense from the from the branding side of it. That you're trying to create the, what what is called the series now, and that we and that we haven't seen the end of the series. Right now, we're seeing the X and we're seeing the S, but there is something else in development, and it's going to be Xbox Series, whatever. Insert after, but um, you know the we look at things like the the uh, the Xbox 360, the PS3, um, you know the <laughs> the failed Wii U, they all had two SKUs. Some actually, I think PS3 had more than two SKUs, but um, they have. They that had was two at launch. Two at launch, yeah, okay. Twenty uh, gig and sixty gig, right? And so, um, you know, they they all had that type of the Wii U had the Pro versus the Basic, the the Xbox 360 with the hard drive versus without the hard drive, and so. I mean, this is the first time where I feel, though, that the two products are, like, greatly different. First, like, just one has a hard drive and the other one doesn't. Um, 
I mean, the PS3, the 60 gig had backwards compatibility where the, the one, other one didn't type deal. I mean, there was that play, but it's still like spec wise was the same that the device was. Adds a little bit of added like memory card. You had a compact flash uh, card reader slot and stuff like that, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a dumb <laughs> thing to put on a compact flash card. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, this is the, this is one of the first times where I really feel like there is there is a huge variance in your, in your model line, and I believe it's Xbox trying to get ready to prepare to build themselves a true like Xbox product line. You know, think of like what Apple just did with the iPhone 12. You got the mini, you got the, you got the standard, you got the max, you got the, you know, or you got the pro, you got the pro max. Like they, you know, they have a line so that way they can address the people that maybe can't afford the $1,300 phone, but they could afford the $800 phone, you know, or whatever. Um, I see. I, I can see where Microsoft is trying. What's what they're trying to do, and it hasn't necessarily been done in the gaming industry. So I think we look at it a little bit in a confused, confused way. But then again, Microsoft has been doing a pretty good job at proving us wrong because we also questioned their Play Anywhere program. We, we we've questioned a couple of their things that then when they happened, I was like, actually, this is really cool. Actually, this is super helpful. You know, um, damn, this is a really good value. You know, those are the things I remember saying about stuff that when they first announced, I was like, well, why would you do that? You have no exclusive anything now. Like, well, I don't even need an Xbox anymore. Yet here I am still buying Xbox. So clearly that wasn't an issue. So. The 20 gig PS3 didn't have Wi-Fi? I didn't know that. I don't remember that. I didn't buy the 20 gig because I'm not an I idiot. Lars. <laughs> that was super Lars on Twitch, yeah. All right. Uh, Miggy, did you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say? There's, you could just probably look at the camera and say, Nintendo Switch, and then move on. Because that's your decision, right? That's what you. That was the move you made. You're getting a Switch, and you're not getting a new Nintendo system right Switch. now. No, no, actually... <laughs> Uh, and and everything everything you guys have said, you know, that has been said. I mean, especially there is definitely no need to purchase a uh, a next gen right now because there's nothing for it. But um, my my immediate move is going to be a Nintendo Switch. Um, but you know, move right after that is going to be ordering a um a Series X. I mean, because yes, I am intrigued. Um, one, I've never had a launch day system, so I usually wait a year or two and get and get it later. But I'm going to get that Xbox because of Game Pass. Game Pass sold me on it, um, so I'm interested to see um, and experience how these games work and run better for next gen. Um, so hopefully by 2027 or, or 2077, when we have like two or three games to play for it, I'll be I'll be ready for it. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Cyberpunk's coming out de December hopefully, so be be able to run that on there. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to playing on next gen. So yeah, yeah, Xbox is my 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 choice. Like, I just read <laughs> I just read something from Pac Man Dad that said poor kids are gonna open their Xbox One S up, open their games, grab the disc, and then slowly com <laughs> commence shock and awe. And like, and and I just thought about that for a second, like. We are, and I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show that the the Series X doesn't have, sorry, the Series S doesn't have an optical drive. If if you're gonna cut the optical drive out of that system, it has to have more storage. It has to. Mm -hmm. 
like I like we didn't we didn't I mean I know I was already upset about the storage restrictions of that system, but like it has to. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Uh, play and delete, play and delete. Yeah, and I mean they already but, had the um they already had the uh the S that was digital. Was it with the Xbox One S digital mm-hmm. or whatever? I forgot the, the actual the, the sad edition. Sad edition, yeah. But but it, uh, I mean, it, <laughs> hell, I mean it wasn't SSD, but it had more storage than than what we're dealing with here on the S. But yeah, oh, I don't know that. That's, that's thing is gonna be gonna be confusing. I mean these these uh. These uh people, you know, like uh like uh Dork of the Ninjas are gonna have their hands cut out. I mean, their you know their jobs cut out for them because you know uh, uh Johnny Riot had to correct me. I don't know how many times, um you know the Xbox uh X and then the Series X, um and then you know buying games and all of that stuff. I mean for the for the soccer moms that want to go out and buy something for their little for little Timmy, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite fun. And on the returns, because you can't return a game once it's been opened. So, yeah. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. Gotcha. And and to Johnny Riot's point, it doesn't need more storage. Most games installs are almost the same digital or physical. I mean, that's true. But it still needs more storage. <laughs> it does. Period. All right. Guys, that's been our uh, our preview coverage on the Xbox Series X, Series S, the PS5, you know, our hopes and fears, our final thoughts, the amazing launch title lists. Uh we didn't we, we didn't mention the multi-plat multi-platform releases which are Assassin's Creed, Dirt 5, Call of Duty Cold War, Destiny 2 Beyond Light and so, you know there are I know there are others, but like those are all coming out right around the launch of these systems. So I mean there will be games to play uh whichever whatever you pick up. And obviously, our our back our backlog of PS4, Xbox One games are all going to be uh, enhanced. So, anybody that picks up these systems, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm sure you'll have want to share your thoughts on it, and you're going to want to do that in our Discord. So come join the Gamezilla Media Discord, and let's talk. Let's keep the conversation going in the Gamezilla Podcast channel, in the PlayStation channel, in the Xbox channel. And let's just let's have an amazing week, guys. We don't get to experience a week like this, but once every seven years, seven, eight years. So let's make sure that no matter what side you're picking or if you're getting both or or you're not, you know, or whatever, like, let's just have fun with it because it's going to be a fun week no matter what. It, the hype is real. The excitement's there. And and I'm just I'm ready. I can't wait for my the first X, the Xboxes to arrive tomorrow. And I can't wait for my my. Uh, PlayStation stuff to show up Thursday. So um, I'll be, I'll be streaming most of it. I'll be live. I'll be active in the discord. So feel free to hold any conversations with myself and um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go from there, but we, I think this was a really fun show and we got to express a lot of our opinions about it and, and throw a lot of just technical knowledge around there because dead. I watched 72 YouTube videos and read three blogs. Wild speculation <laughs> out of hand. We're just, we're going to, we went down the rabbit hole of excitement around these systems concerns. And I'm just looking forward to there being some new hardware and some new things to experience. And the birth of butter boy. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And uh, the legend and Johnny Riot makes a good point there on Twitch. The legend of retro guys, you can start your clocks. This is, I mean, let's let's get excited. You can Ooh. start your clocks because it's only a matter of years 
before the Xbox One and the PS4 can can join the Legend of Retro crew for some legend for some retro uh, retro coverage. So, oh. yeah, your library is about to expand in a mere four years. I think that's I think Not that's I, I think that's their cutoff, right? I think four years is what four years out of production or whatever is what they uh i think is what they have set Mm -hmm. which technically i guess the ps4 and the xbox one are not out of production but the vita soon be the vita the vita baby (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody thank you for tuning in to episode 335 of the games little podcast brought to you by our patrons yeah, thank you so much to all of our patrons. Thank you. I know we have people hanging out in the Twitch chat who do support us. Thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone who listens um, and supports us, uh, who listens to us in podcasting form. And, uh, hey, if you enjoyed our coverage, uh, talking about the speculations and the what we know and the, the launch of these new systems, because they're throwing us a buck or two, patreon.com slash gamezillamedia. You'll get some cool perks, and it means a lot to us to help uh, us continue to put this show out for free for you each and every week and you'll want to stick with gamezilla because we'll be talking a lot of next gen stuff and uh, having a lot of new experiences to talk to you about over the the coming months all right real quick because it was asked on twitch and we normally do it i know the show's running way long gaming moment of the week dead eye what do you got real quick i beat luigi's mansion three because i'm a game oh my god another game four games four weeks i can't be stopped I mean, mind you, all those games were like 90% complete, so he's really only completed 40% of a game, but congratulations. Thank you. you. I like what you do. You take five years to play games, get them all to 90%, and then you're like, now it's time to make people impressed. Yeah, yeah. Luigi's Mansion took me like two and a half months, and Last of Us took me like four months, but everything else that I've beaten over the last couple weeks, I had on the back burner for like a year at least. Burn the butter. Uh, all right, Miggy, real quick, play a uh, gaming moment of the week. What do you got? Destiny two. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Since since it, since it uh since it since it's not hit Game Pass, I I I dove back in. I'm overwhelmed. I'm ready for the light though. The on light. But get ready. You could. I think you could preload it tonight. Um, what? Yeah, you could preload it so that way you don't have to do the install tomorrow. Hey man, preload's gonna change the. It's gonna change the the industry. This is the anthem that we've been waiting for. Best you launch title for Xbox. Yeah, this is the No title. Man's Sky that we've been waiting for. Time to play the game. This is the Duke Duke Nukem of 3D that we've been waiting for. Anyways. Oh <laughs> this is the Superman 64 that we've been waiting for. <laughs> Alright, I'm done for real. Uh gaming moment of the week. Um, let's see. Do I have one? Uh, Any moment of the week. Among Us. I got to play Among Us Saturday with Snow Foxy and my wife, Jade. Uh, she, she, she's, she's becoming like a part of the community now, which is awesome. A lot of people got to meet her. She's really having fun to the point where I stopped playing um, Among Us and she kept playing the game with them. I was like, this is it. This is it. We got her in. Now she's like, maybe I should stream. And I was like, yeah, then I can retire. I like it. You know, people are going to like you better anyways because I yell too much. Absolutely. Yeah. She's way more chill. Way more chill. 
So anyways, no, we had a lot of, we had a really fun time and my gaming moment of the week would be Jade and I both actually got to be imposters at the same time. Um, we had Aww. a really good round and then at the end, we were at that point where we needed a double kill. We needed a double kill to win and also all we had to wait for was the countdown and then just kill and we, we, we would win. But they were, the suspicion was on to us. So... Snowfoxy said, hey, I have Medbay scan. Come on over to the... Everybody follow me to Medbay. I will prove that it's not me because I was trying to manipulate everybody into thinking it was her. So she runs to Medbay and I'm like, okay, we just got to spend enough time in Medbay that she can't get back and call a meeting and then we'll just win. But she gets to Medbay, she gets on the scanner and the scanner never scans. And I'm like, what's happening right now? Shouldn't we be seeing like the green grid going up and down? And then you see her run back and she's like, she hits the panic button and she's like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I just was like, this is my moment. And I'm like, she's lying. She lied to us. Everybody vote her off. She's a liar. She didn't have med scan. She was trying to trick us. And then sure enough, straight vote, Foxy off. We got in the next round. Kill, kill count dropped to zero. Jade and I just game over. And then I just went into an evil laugh and everybody was mad at me. We won, so it was all good. <laughs> Gaming moment of the week. Noise. It's clip too, so I can share the clip out sometime in the Discord. It's amazing. All right. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out on episode 335. Uh, we've already thanked our patrons. We've already reminded you to listen to the podcasts uh, on all major podcast outlets. Hit that subscribe. Hit that heart emoji. Hit that heart emoji. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. All that stuff helps us. Thank you for hanging out here. For everybody that, that hung out on twitch.tv slash gamezilla media. And, um, you know, we're going to go enjoy our new video game systems. And then we'll see you next Monday. But remember, uh, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game on. Game on.